a glowing blue man fighting with the solid man. What? Hello, welcome to Guide to the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And this week we are talking about celebrity ghost stories. That's right, your favorite paranormal show from the aughts on A&E brought to life here by your favorite siblings. The, the, whenever we stumbled across this at some point last year, it, yeah. it was like an eye-opening experience. Absolutely. It was like a bomb went off. It's a delight. So celebrities would go onto this show, obviously celebrity ghost stories, and they would share a paranormal experience that they had. There are reenactments. Yeah. The reenactments are a little cheesy. Sometimes I've got one that's like a little creepy. I have one that's really puzzling. Actually, the reenactment plays like kind of a role in what I'll be telling you because it's just weird. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll start with that. Sure. But yeah. uh, so it's a it's a, a delightful, chatty show. <laughs> yeah. Mostly populated with celebrities that like I'm not familiar with, I have to say. Right. I mean, there are a lot of older celebrities on it from shows from like the 70s and 80s. Okay. I've noticed so that could be partially why. And also like your A-listers don't usually do stuff like this. True. So... Now, Shows like this with celebrity in the title on cable mm -hmm. are usually going to have this caliber of celeb. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, we've we've done this a couple of times before mm -hmm. uh, to great success, oh, I would say. Absolutely. We've uh, covered Alec, not, not Alec Baldwin. Billy Baldwin. Billy Baldwin, mm -hmm. Joan Rivers, John Waters. Yeah. Uh, Chachi. Yep. Scott I talked Bam. about Chachi at some point. Mm -hmm. So much fun to do. I'm pumped to be doing it again. Yeah. So you can you can cruise the feed and find more celebrity ghost stories if you like this episode, basically. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Great. I mean, I would like to say something real quick about last week's episode. Oh, oh no. Do you have like a do you have to retract something? Or? No, not really. I I almost like an apology. I felt I was very flat. And I didn't know what the hell was going on because oh. I'd been laid off hours prior. Oh, Chrissy. And uh, it sucked. I didn't re-listen to it, but I felt like I was just in a totally bummed out fog. And so I didn't feel I brought my best. And so thank M Design for that. Uh, oh! <laughs> my former employers. No, it completely sucks. Yeah, it does suck. And I feel I brought that energy. Um, so I'm sorry to besmirch the Blair Witch episode with my laid off energy. Well, I I, uh, I edited it and uh, <laughs> realized how uh, much I was just talking at you, which, yeah, I, because think was, I, was which I think was also my fault. No, I, William, I didn't really <clears throat> listen to it. I was glad that was a Blair Witch episode because you get so hyped about the Blair Witch and I could just coast, yeah, yeah. but I don't like to coast. And yet I had to coast last week because I was so bummed. So yeah, well, honestly, I mean, we didn't say do? it. We didn't say it in that episode, but I was really impressed with you that you went from getting shit news mm. to with it literally within hours coming over and doing two shows because mm -hmm. you did the Netherworld Dispatch too. Yeah. Yeah, and, really sucked on that too. And no, 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 no. Was. Kristen, I don't think anybody could tell. <laughs> okay, that's good. No, I think that you're a goddamn pro. Thank you. Um, you are too. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, you're looking at two laid off uh, yeah. uh, people. Go to go to patreoncom slash gttupod. Please. Uh, uh, we love doing this show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe go get a um, what do we call it? A jump scare. Yes. Which yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Our, our cameo. That's right. That exists on <laughs> patreon.com slash GTTU pod. Yeah. Get a get a get a jump scare for your friend for for their birthday, for a celebration, whatever. That's right. Um, but uh yeah. 
Yeah. Fun things on so. the horizon for Guide to the Unknown, I think. Yeah, certainly. Thankfully, we've got a couple of irons in the fire mm -hmm. uh, in the Guide to the Unknown world. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I, I think we've both got some stuff to figure out. But <laughs> Sir, yeah, God. for sure, want to. congratulations being a professional, Thank Chrissy, you. because you, you, did, too, you did a really William. great job. Thank you very much. I felt I didn't, and I like to give our audience my best. So I just wanted to say sorry. I think I think everybody should be applauding you for for doing it at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Seriously, yeah. I'm not kidding. No, you used a great analogy. Weird Al came out and did a show after his parents died. Yeah, mm -hmm. which is horrible because he he felt the show must go on, and so did I. Oh yeah, Weird Al. I can't Al's... promise every time every time to <laughs> bring yeah. the show on. But... Both of Weird Al's parents died, I think, from like a carbon monoxide yeah. leak. And he found out and then went on and did his show. Yeah. I he still uh, wanted to bring joy to people. I know. And so did I. And basically I'm saying I felt I didn't bring enough joy. Oh, um, Chrissy. No, no, I know, no, I know, no. I know. It's no, fine. no, but no. But I just wanted to mention it. I know. Yeah. I know. But well, uh, no, I think it's to be uh, applauded uh, and you. uh, your dedication to doing uh, what mostly is just like a fun, silly show mm -hmm. for a good time, I think yeah. is commendable. You. And I hope that it did at least uh, provide well. something of like a Band-Aid at the moment. Because I know yes, when you're feeling it. weird, sometimes it's nice to just do mm -hmm. something that is sort of like routine and outside yourself. So I hope that it was enjoyable for you to do the shows on top of it being a, something of an obligation. It totally was. Basically like Wednesday afternoon and then all day Thursday and then all day Friday, I was just like frozen and just so bummed and like catatonic and then this was the little area in those three days that i wasn't a little bright spot yes okay well so, that's good no so thank you very much i i love doing the show i've said it a million times i love doing this show i love doing the show with you i do too well. and i love you I and love uh, you too. uh i hope you don't feel like those are weird dark spots on the catalog or something because i i truly i think that you're so goddamn good at it mm -hmm. i don't think that anybody could pick up if, again if anything i think people would just be like why is Will yammering so much Blair Witch <laughs> no, stuff? No, no, You were yammering the exact appropriate amount and I just didn't really have much to contribute because my brain was just feeling mushy or something. No, so. I think, I think you crushed it. Well, I think you crushed thank you it. Thank you very much. I love you. Thank I you. love you. Okay. So I'm going to, uh, I, now I got to compensate for the rest of the episode. I'm going to shit on anything that you bring. <laughs> anything, anything and everything. That's not and now I feel all vulnerable. I got to be, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta let my testosterone, my like, my cartoonish uh, male brain. Yeah, I have to be a bully now. No, don't do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna be a bully now. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Well, how can you bully me when I'm talking about Shelley Long from Troop Beverly Hills, from Cheers, right? From the Brady Bunch movie. Oh my God, really? Yeah, she wow. played Carol Brady. Shelley Long is on Cheers. She was Diane. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you've ever heard people refer to Sam and Diane, they were the Rachel and Ross of their day. Yeah. Yep. The like, will they want? And Rachel and Ross is also like a 30 year old reference at this point. I know. They were the Pam and Jim. That's 20 years. I don't they know. Were Are the there people on Euphoria who have a will they won't they? Tucker and Susan. Probably. <laughs> I assume. Young names. I assume. <laughs> but so it was Sam and Diane, and then she left the show, I think, in season three. Oh. And the the sort of joke about her forever was that she was going on to, you know, fame and glory and, mm -hmm. and movie career, and it did not have it happen for her. Yeah, not a ton. True Beverly Hills kicks ass, and I would okay. say it's a cult classic. Um, do you know what that is? I mean, no, you probably I, kind I don't. of saw me watch it. She's like... Uh, you watch all this Beverly Hills shit. <laughs> Anything no, no, no. with is Beverly a, Hills like in it. 
This is like a children's movie from the 90s. You ever see Beverly Hills Chihuahua? No, but um, one of the co-hosts of Bitch Sash, my favorite podcast, um, wrote Beverly Hills Chihuahua too. That's amazing. And brings it up all the time. That's outstanding. Like, That's wonderful. She'd be like, I'm the writer of Beverly Hills Chihuahua too, so... <laughs> That's great. Um, <laughs> no, it's where, you know, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it as an adult, actually, and it'd probably be a fun rewatch, but she's like, I don't know, like a prissy lady, and for some reason she becomes the... Um, I don't even call it like the den mother of a Girl Scout troop and like the badges they get are like going to get your nails done right. at yeah. places and stuff. And it's funny. Um, okay. So that's who this woman is. You might know who she is or you might not, but her story is she says that she's heard she lives in LA, but she's heard that the East coast has more ghosts than the West coast because it's been populated for longer Interesting. than the West coast. And based on this experience she had, she thinks it might be true. Okay. A lot of people say that too. I've heard that that like the East Coast is an especially <clears throat> haunted place. It's certainly if you're talking about. Um, I think the Northeast particularly. Really? I think. I think about the Pacific Northwest though as being so associated with strangeness. I think yeah, definitely strangeness. I guess I think about the Pacific Northwest and like cryptids and stuff. Yeah, true. Not that I think there aren't ghosts there or whatever, but like I think about yeah, kind definitely of other phenomena. I I don't know enough mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. But like if you're talking about the United States, obviously the East Coast is the oldest part of the country. Right. But there was a whole world of stuff here before it was the United States. And no, I would absolutely. assume that they were on the West Coast too. Native Americans, indigenous people. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I think that maybe like because there's more written record of back then. Right. It, it's easy to look at it that way or something, but totally, it's not like it wasn't populated pre that. Yeah. But anyway, I've, I've heard that before and I thought it was interesting that she mentioned it. Sure. So she said that she was filming a movie in Wilmington, North Carolina. Oh. So kind of like, you know, East Coast mid, uh -huh, uh -huh. not Southern really. And she was really loving it because it was a super historic town and she loves history. So there were just like tons of historic markers around the town and she was having a really good time exploring. And they were shooting in a courthouse that dated back to the Civil War, possibly earlier. So she said it was just like super old, super creaky, like everything's a little bit unstable. Love it. But it's like it's a nice atmosphere and she really liked it. So I was curious, what was she filming? So I did a little bit of... The littlest bit of digging. I think I put in Shelley Long movie filmed in Wilmington, North Carolina, and I found that she was likely filming A Different Kind of Christmas from, from 1996, where she was a woman running for mayor. Whoa. <laughs> I don't know if... Outrageous. I, know, I, don't, I don't know if that was like outrageous in 96 or not, or it's just like part of the story, just, like a normal right. thing. I didn't yeah. look into it further. And the movie was from, where else? Lifetime. Wow, you and Lifetime movies. I know. You like gravitate. It's crazy. At this point, I got to say it's us and Lifetime. Mm, this is a Lifetime eh, show. You've like dragged me kicking and screaming <laughs> into know. this Lifetime Hallmark world. I know. Um, so she said that she loves older buildings because they have an elegance and a story. She just didn't expect the story she got here. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Oh, shit. Oh, oh so. God, no. <laughs> Please. <laughs> so the first day of filming, they were waiting to shoot. They were setting up like tons of lights and stuff that you need to film. Mm. And finally, they were ready to go. And then all of the lights went out mm. uh, that they were filming with. And also just in. Oh, no, no. It, this was just the lights they were filming with. All of the lights that they were going to use to film went out, like all the big movie lights. And they were just kind of like, all right, it's like some sort of short, no big deal. Like these things happen. And they go about trying to fix it when all of a sudden all of the lights in the building went out. 
And so this is framed as the first like incident of weirdness, but like it's a really old building. We've already established that it's super, super old. So to me, I was just like, I don't know, the the electricity may not be just be faulty and yeah. Yeah, it, it might not be uh up to code or something like mm-hmm. that because it's old as hell. So I don't find that like really compelling evidence. But I wonder if just in hindsight with other things that happened, you look at that and you're like, huh, I wonder if that was actually the the first sign that something was wrong here. Right. So the next day, they've got the light f- issue figured out. But as they're rolling, the sound guy says that there's something wrong with the sound. So now they have to stop shooting because there's a sound issue. I keep hearing a sound like boo. <laughs> well, okay. So this, remember I said like the reenactments, I have things to say about oh, yeah, them for this. Right. The reenactments are kind of telling a story that she is not telling. Awesome. And so I don't think it's real. I think it's just sort of like putting a little mustard on it. So the reenactment is showing a sound meter, like a guy at a sound meter. That's like one of these things where it has, you know, almost like a metronome or something like that moves back and forth and it's going nuts and kind of like a scream happening and the guy like reacting to that. But like, that's not what she said. She just said that the sound was weird or something. Yes. And this happens repeatedly during There's this episode. The reenact- oh, I would love to be on the reenactment team of something where you're like, <laughs> what did Shelly Long say? Her yeah. quote is, the sound guy said something, we- he was picking up something weird. Right. Like, all right, well, we gotta, we're making a ghost show, so it's a banshee. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very silly, but you know. I don't remember it being They create a, a whole side story of this sound guy and a banshee. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't feel like this is a thing in a lot of other episodes of celebrity ghost stories that I've seen or yeah, segments. So right. it's notable. So they're leaving for the day. I, I think that maybe shooting was just thwarted again or something. They're leaving and they're walking to where they're staying. So it's a mix of the cast of the movie and some extras and crew who are all walking down the street in Wilmington. And she said, and she said that um, some of the extras were people who lived locally and were just walking to where they lived or whatever, because they can do extra work in their town. So they do. And she said to one of the people who lives there locally, who she, I think had chatted to before and found out they lived nearby. She said, what's the deal with this building? I've never had so many issues in a place in my life. She was like, I've made a ton of movies. I've made a ton of TV shows. Like, Nothing has ever been this problematic. And the person she was talking to said, oh, well, it was a prison during the Silver, Silver, <laughs> Civil War, and I guess a lot of the soldiers died, and so it's haunted. Oh, okay. And she said that everyone just kept walking and didn't say anything, including her, because she said she was just stunned. She'd never heard somebody so casually just say that a place is haunted like it's oh well the place is haunted that's why it's just a matter of fact probably all them ghosts (laughs) i know like so that's what's wrong with our lighting and sound yeah and that's just the easy explanation for what's up with this building you'd think that especially with like the hollywood mechanism yeah we would know where all the ghosts in the world are right it's like can't film there there's ghosts yeah right we should just be like can't film there there's ghosts do Hollywood executives have like a giant map somewhere that just has X's right, on yeah. it for mm-hmm. locations that they've tried to shoot in that have been made problematic by the spirits? Yes. Yes. It would make sense because then they don't go back there and have to deal with the same thing. Absolutely. Unless somebody's able to release them kind of like Shelley Long seemed to have done later. Is it, that's interesting. All right. That's <laughs> a nugget. Shelley Long is a, a hero to the ghost. I don't really know. Perhaps. Right, she, was, right. she was trying. So okay. we'll see. 
Um, so she's like thinking about this and she was thinking that if there were people imprisoned during the civil war by the side that they are fighting against, because this is a right. courthouse that was like built during the civil war or something, right. then they can't have been very happy. And this is, this was not a good existence for them. And so bummer for these ghosts. That logic is very close to being completely understandable, but just a hair strange. I was like the same thing. I was like... If they were imprisoned by the opposite side, then they're probably not that happy. I would say none of the prisoners were probably that Anybody happy. who's a prisoner ghost is probably not happy. Yeah, I know. Forget the whole this side or that side. I guess she was very Civil War centric in her thinking during I this guess, time yes. Brother because... against brother. <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> um so then they make it finally to their third day of shooting yeah and she's kind of getting exasperated by how many issues they're encountering it's starting to get old that they just keep trying to shoot a scene and stuff keeps going wrong and i got a wailing demon in the background we gotta go like, again uh come on that'd be such a pain in the ass <laughs> yeah <laughs> trying to get shit done and there's just some sort of a right an old demon i thought i was coming out here for a quick lifetime shoot for a different kind of christmas <laughs> right. or whatever it was it seems yeah. like it'd probably be like a plum easy job mm -hmm. and she's like oh my god this is taking forever yeah um so they were doing some shooting in the basement and there was some downtime so she decided to snoop around a little bit because she's just like interested in all this history stuff she's been learning about the town during yeah. her stay yep. and she's gonna check it out so again a little or a lot of license they reenact her turning and seeing like a scary figure with dark like black doll eyes oh god she didn't say that at all <laughs> nothing <laughs> about this i thought right. maybe she's gonna say something about that coming up not at all and it's just it's so weird that they're doing this to me. Like, that would be a huge plot point. Yeah. And it's just not true whatsoever. But, like, fake Shelley Long is seeing it. You're going off book. <laughs> Very much so. I guess they thought that this story wasn't enough. Right. Or something. There's not a ton to it, honestly. So, but I don't know. I still feel like, do something else. Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah. Really a weird choice. So... She said, she said that unsurprisingly, the basement was like kind of dark and dank, and it was the area that the prison was down below the courthouse. And she said that while she was walking around down here, she heard kind of like a rustling sound. But Russell. Listen to that rustling. <laughs> That's a great reference. Thank you. That's an amazing reference. That is Conan O'Brien reading poetry to Mr. T. <laughs> and a bit for the show it's a blooper because then mr t starts cracking yeah up. He can't <laughs> Shh, handle it listen to that rustling Shh, listen to that rustling <laughs> um <laughs> what a reference wow yeah <laughs> thank you um she says that <laughs> she's just kind of like opining about ghosts mm -hmm. at this point she says that some souls are just kind of wandering around not knowing that they're dead and like it's it's no kind of life it's not a good thing right and i was like yeah you're right, Shelley Long. Dead on. Uh, that sucks. So she's thinking about that, I guess, as she's walking around, uh, thinking about it being a, um, a prison or whatever. And she said that she ended up saying a little prayer for the soldiers that died. I think just in her head or something. Okay. And this is what she said. Uh, you may not know this, but you're dead. You need to go back into the light and you'll be joined by many of your loved ones. And she kept repeating it. And every time she said there was a movement in the area that wasn't normal. And again, production being completely wild shows a table that's like set basically. And then the cups on it start rattling like crazy. 
And then they interspliced this a little bit already. They are showing um, a warden like harassing and yelling at prisoners who are sitting on the ground, like chained to, you know, the wall or whatever. Wow. And as she's talking about repeating this, you may not know this, but you're dead. You need to go back into the light and you'll be joined by many of your loved ones. Their reenactment shows the warden as if he's like being hit by these words or something like they're doing something to him. Like it's the end of the exorcist. Like the yeah. power of Christ compels you. Yes. You yes. may not know it, but you're dead. <laughs> right. You may not know this. You may not know Hate this. Hate to break it to you. I know. Um, then she says, all of a sudden, the light down there burst and there were a bunch of flames. Oh. She says. So I was like, whoa. <clears throat> because like, that's not just like, oh, I felt something. It sounds like maybe that did happen or something. Because yeah. there's also crew around. She wasn't specific. Like, there were witnesses. But she said there was shooting down there. Um, and she says that there was an energy to that fire. And it felt like a menacing presence. Again, production shows the whole table going up in flames. Oh, my God. Where the cups were rattling and everything. And she she hadn't elaborated at all. And I wish she did. What did she mean there were a bunch of flames? A bunch of flames. I really don't even know what that means because she wasn't describing the area. She just said she was walking around the basement. She knew this was the area where there was a prison. A bunch of flames. So I was she wondering. Found, like the boiler? I don't <laughs> You know, like a pilot light. No, I was wondering if she means like the light bulb, like <laughs> just her light bulb. She's never seen a light bulb before. No, 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 I don't mean that. Watch like, these maybe, flames. Maybe it exploded and then there were like flames or something. How do you do all this with the indoor fire to keep it light at night? It's amazing. Well, I guess they have to have the glass around the indoor fire so it doesn't burn out right. or blow out. Excuse yeah, me, exactly from wind and such, mm -hmm. and that's how a light bulb works. That's what we understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, really, who knows? who knows? I have no idea. It was very strange. <laughs> We're still not sure what happened to Shelley Long. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm day. not. I, I didn't do my... Now that I think about it, I pretty much always... I did this with Jack Hay, who I'll talk about later. I pretty much always end up Googling, like, Shelley Long and hitting <clears throat> the news tab for, like, anybody who has just crossed my mind somehow. And I didn't do it. I don't know what Shelley Long's up to. So anyway, um, when the crew asked her... Oh, yeah. So I guess she did mention it. When the crew asked her what happened, she was like... Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what happened. And then, like, that's basically it. And she said that she was really scared and that, in general, she hadn't let herself things think that things like that were possible. So she was very shocked by it. And then nothing else weird happened for the rest of the shoot. And they just finished it up. So I think that Shelley Long did help these ghosts go to the light. She finally brought the ghosts peace. To be with, quote, many of their loved ones. Many of their loved ones. Yeah. Now, these might have been, by the way, Confederate soldiers that she's, like, praying for their souls. That's an angle, right, for some sort of a TMZ? Like, Shelley Long comforts dead Confederates. Do we know where Shelley Long stands? Oh, that's a great question. We don't. Yes. At so least I don't. She was like, we need to... Someone knows. We need to comfort these poor... But not us. Not us. Not here. No, no, thank you. That's very bizarre. I'm sure not Shelley Long either. She was very nice. But actually, you never know. I shouldn't say that. Yeah, I assume she's a monster. <laughs> um, well, so that's that. We're going to jump from uh, Shelley Long. Yeah, I don't know who you're doing. I know. I didn't tell you who I was doing. And I, I have a weird trend in mine. Mm -hmm. Mine are all celebrities who had ghostly encounters as children. Oh, okay. And I found them all to be very um, relatable and compelling. They're mm. like childhood fears. 
So yeah. the first celebrity that I'm going to tell you about, I wrote down here is. <laughs> the hell is this going to be? The first thing I saw that I wrote that I forgot that I wrote this is Kevin Pollock in a pork pie hat. <laughs> <laughs> Who is not who I, I will be talking about. Oh, it's no. just who looks like I, I forgot. I wrote it down because I was like, oh, I can't wait to do this next time. Kevin Pollock in a pork pie hat. So will, just will table I, that for now. Table that for now. Someday I'll talk to you about Kevin Pollock in a pork pie hat. Will and I enjoy trading Kevin Pollock sightings. It's yes. inexplicable. There's not anything behind it even. It's very weird. Yeah, yeah, I forgot that I wrote these notes. Before I tell you about my... I wrote, it would be awesome if Dan Aykroyd was on literally every episode. <laughs> Yeah, well, he probably has ghost a, stories. He's got enough juice to do it. Like they can't keep him out of the studio. <laughs> he's like, let me sit down. I've got another one to tell you. Remember he had that show? I never watched it about paranormal hotels. You're right. He has a new show. Yeah. We'll Dan Eckert to... has a new paranormal show. And Ghostbusters got moved ahead a week. Oh, it did? It did. Oh. Ah. Got a lot of well, we're gonna be talking about Dan Aykroyd in the future. Is it just still now. in March, or is that far yeah. enough that it makes it February? Cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. <clears throat> okay. So here is the actual celebrity I'm going to talk to you about. Okay. Carrie Elways. You know what? I wondered if you were going to pick him because he's on one of the thumbnails I almost did. And then I was like, you know what? Actually, I want to do these two. I bet Will's going to pick Carrie Elways. Yeah. I really enjoyed this. Yeah. And it was oh, awesome. it was a, a surprising peek at what life uh, was like for him as a child. Carrie Elways. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I love how these start mm -hmm. on Celebrity Ghost Stories because usually they just cut to the celebrity. And now we're not watching like episodes as they aired the Lifetime Network or whatever. Check the show notes. It's weird. Some of them are just normal episodes, like an episode oh, okay. that you would see on TV. And some of them are just clips of the celebrities, like almost together for like a two hour supercut. It's so long, these yeah. supercuts. Mm -hmm. But so it just cuts to Carrie Elways. It cuts away from, say, Kevin Pollock in a pork pie hat. Sure. And all of a sudden, here's Carrie Elways. To look forward to for next time. Exactly. Yeah. And Carrie Elways opens by just saying, once you've seen something that you can't explain... It's not like you share that I that with a lot of people. It all seems like a fun idea until you're really faced with that moment. And that event is now part of you. It's part of who you are. Mm. What accent did he have? British? He sounded like, he sounded like, yeah, he did sound British, but he sounded like at the end of Saw, where that accent's <laughs> kind of coming it? and going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to find help. It's like very <laughs> weird. I wonder if like kind of the... Maybe he's pulling like a reverse Gillian Anderson where she's actually from Britain, but she came to America right. and got like Americanized just right. naturally from living here. I want, no, wait, that wouldn't be. The I way. know we've done this before. Cause I, I'm having like, I'm having like deja vu with you talking about Gillian Anderson in relation to Carrie Elways. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe it's that she lived here and then she moved there again. I don't know. I'm not mm. sure. Never mind. I don't Never know. Mind. I don't know. We cannot go down this road. Also again. chalk that up to me being laid off. Anything I do wrong for just a little while, let's say it's because I'm damaged from being laid off. Yeah, I was laid off too. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I make any major mistakes because I was laid off last year or whatever. All right. <clears throat> it was two years. It was two years ago? Yeah. That's ridiculous. I know. Nothing to show for it. That's not true, William. <laughs> That's not true. Stop that. All right. Intro card. Uh, they put this text on the screen. In the cult classic, The Princess Bride. Carrie Elways portrays a handsome pirate who rescues a beautiful princess locked in a castle. Mm -hmm. Many years before, Carrie and his family were guests in a real castle. That's how they connected. The I know, they have to find something. The story's about him in a castle. Yeah, that's so funny. But Maybe I get a job writing those kinds of chirons. Yeah, is this show still on there? I could do that great. But on this occasion, there was no fairy tale ending. Mm. So... This story takes place in 1975 when Car Carrie Elways is 13 years old. He's in Spain with his dad and his brothers. They went to stay with family friends who had rented a 13th century castle. 
Yeah. <laughs> These people come from money. This is a different reality from ours. Certainly. <laughs> you may as well say that this takes place on another planet. Yeah, on Mars. On Mars, yeah. yeah. Some like Star Wars <laughs> shit. Or yeah. It's like, there's people on like Coruscant. Right. <laughs> I'm on Tatooine. Yeah. I don't know what's going on here. No clue. All right. He immediately felt like there was something not quite right about the castle. And then the storm began. Ooh. Something about storms in Spain, you should know. It literally goes from daytime to nighttime within minutes. Did he say you should know? Yes. Ooh, he's really telling you a tale. And it's quite a downpour. Mm. Thunder and lightning and then the power inside this 13th century castle goes out. That sounds awesome. Dead silent. Dark. Separate bedrooms for everybody. Mm -hmm. For some reason, 13-year-old Carrie Elways' bedroom was in a separate building across the courtyard. That's weird. So weird. They should have an adult in that. It's so weird. Uh, he tells a story that I, I actually found really kind of like sweet. Yeah. It's A lot of it's about his dad. Mm -hmm. He's like, so my dad pulls me close to him and he pulls a coat over our heads. And uh, on the count of three, we're going to run. He's like, it's like running across the courtyard in the rain. Is almost His dad's trying to treat it like it's an adventure. Like three, That's two, fun. one, go. Yeah. And so now... Carrie always and his dad are sprinting across the raining, thundering, lightning courtyard under his dad's coat. Mm -hmm. And Carrie always sees something. He sees a figure, a silhouette in the rain. And he figures, obviously, it must be his imagination. Mm -hmm. So they get into the other uh, building across the courtyard. And Carrie always steps into a little bedroom just for him. Oh. Which is full of. Ooh, a little bedroom just for me. <laughs> just for me. <laughs> which is full of boxes, crates, and old portraits. Oh, okay. <laughs> which he's like, that was the old portraits were pretty scary in the dark. I would like imagine. old painted 13th century portraits, just a man on a horse staring at you. <laughs> and the horse is staring oh. at you too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, lightning crashes. <laughs> so his father uh, does what the family in Poltergeist does. He says, little Carrie always, here's what you should do. When you see the lightning, start counting. Mm -hmm. One Mississippi, two Mississippi. And then when you hear the thunder, uh, now you can count the next time you hear lightning. And if it takes you longer to count before you hear the thunder, the storm is moving further away. Mm -hmm. What if it's moving closer? Exactly, Kristen. Exactly. It's a comforting notion. You can count. If things are going the right way. You can count to hear the storm getting further and further. But they show in the reenactments a 13-year-old boy <laughs> tucked in bed in this castle <laughs> with creepy portraits all around him. And he starts counting. He's like... One Mississippi, two Mississippi, poof. one Mississippi. Poof. It's getting closer, Kristen. It's getting closer <laughs> and closer. Story. And Carrie always is like, I couldn't even say one Mississippi at a certain point. Just yeah. more thunder. It's getting closer. It's on top of him. Uh -huh. The entire building begins shaking. The thunder is happening faster than he can count. The window blows open and puts out the only candle that he has. So now it's, now it's pitch black. It's, it's pitch black in his 13th century castle dungeon room. Oh my God. And he says, okay, it's okay. I'm a big boy. I'm strong. Oh, that just gave me a pang of like sadness. He's 13. Yeah. And he's like, so here's what I've got to do. I've got to get the matches. I've got to light the candle. I've got to go close the window. Um, all right, go. And he's about to strike the first match. When suddenly he feels a presence in the room. Oh my god. A silhouette at the window. Ugh. He can't quite make out the face, but he's now drawn to this thing. There's a person standing outside his window looking in. It's not moving. 
Oh my God. He's standing stock still. So in the reenactment, they show him getting up to the window, trying to see through, is it my dad? Lightning strikes. Here's the quote. It was not my father. It was a skeleton. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> That's pretty surprising, I know. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that at all. <laughs> a skeleton. There was, a skeleton. There was some creepypasta. I don't remember what it was. It was like one of these joke creepypastas. I think they called them crappy pastas. Uh-huh. Where it was like, it was a dark and stormy night and you hear something at your door. Yeah, you totally. open it and it's a skeleton. Yes, I remember. <laughs> it's like so abrupt and so stupid. Like silly. It's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But this skeleton is like a 13th century, you know, Spanish soldier. So he's wearing chain mail. He's wearing he's a wearing helmet. And he's got oh. that, that, he's just got like a skull face and he's clutching a spear. I don't even know if this is accurate. I was picturing like a hat with like a really big feather. I, you're thinking of like Don Quixote. That is exactly what I'm thinking Our of. dad was obsessed with yes. Don Quixote. Yeah. So, Carrie Elways goes running back into the main house. So he runs across that courtyard again in the rain, not knowing if the skeleton man is right behind him. Oh my God. And he just talks about how, how soaking and wet he is, how cold he is, and how completely inconsolable he is. He can't get his breath. He can't even catch his breath enough to fully explain to all the adults in the main house what he saw. His dad is just trying to calm him down. Here's a quote. I knew the meaning of absolute fear and I'll never forget it. In the morning. He probably used that for saw. I'm sure he did. That's where he, he drew from. into it. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to get help. <laughs> He's picturing a Spaniard ghost. So, uh. In the morning, because he said he's not going back to that room. Mm-hmm. So he's let to, you know, he sleeps somewhere in the main house. Yeah. In the morning, uh, he's still talking about it. And his father just starts sort of like laughing it off. Like, okay, well, you had a nightmare. Yeah. Champ. Yeah. And he's like, no. And then here's, here's his quote today. He's like, you didn't see what I saw. To this day, I wish I hadn't seen what I saw. Mm-hmm. And that, that too, like going back to the, his quote that opened this up, once you've seen something that you can't explain, it's not like you share that with a lot of people. Yeah. It all seems like a fun idea until you're faced with that moment. Mm-hmm. So he tells his dad as a 13-year-old boy, I saw a skeleton. Yeah. And of course, yeah, any sounds... logical person would be like, you had a nightmare. Mm-hmm. But he's like, no, I didn't. And there's no way that I can convince you. Of course. I can't convince you of what I know is true. I saw a skeleton. Yeah. Uh, he eventually looked up. Uh, what battles had happened at the castle where he was staying. And it was the battle of Rio Salado in the late 14th century. Quote, this fellow had obviously died in this battle and he never left. He was trapped in that environment forever. Hmm. I'm not skeptical anymore. Wow. That's a really good story. I And it sounds well told. It, uh, it was incredibly well told. Yeah. Master Thespian, Carrie Of course. Always. Yeah. Wonderful. Kiss the girls. Casanova. Absolutely. <laughs> I, uh, Kristen, it was, it was absolute dynamite. Yeah. That sounds like a really good one. And charming. And it reminded me of the kind of like, whenever we've done like listener stories, which we did fairly recently, yep. I, like I was listening to this one and I always have that skeptic part of my brain, you know? Yeah. Um, but I always think to myself, like it is, if, if it happened to you, right? if you're saying it happened to you, I mean, it happened to you. I know. You, what am I going to do? Tell you that your that experience didn't. is wrong? And right. I, I I had a similar feeling listening to Carrie mm-hmm. always tell this story. Yeah. Sometimes I like kind of laugh about these things like Billy Baldwin or whatever. Right. <laughs> but this was like a very personal story about a 13 year old kid who was afraid of the dark. Yeah. Yeah. And I completely can relate to that. It was, it was, uh, fa- yeah. it was fascinating. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. That sounds like a really good one. Yeah. All right. Be- before we move on to Jack A. Oh. Um, we need to make sure that you know, we mentioned it before about patreon.com slash GTTU pod. This is where you can go if you'd like to help support the show 
and get a ton of bonus stuff in return. We actually have a whole second podcast that comes out every Monday called Another World Dispatch that you get access to if you join us over on Patreon. So you can take a look at the tiers, see which one works for you, get in on that, get in on a bunch of movie commentaries, and get in on our Discord, which fully rules. Yes, absolutely. Go check that out, everybody. The most recent episode of the Netherworld Dispatch is episode 143, Mm -hmm. Silent Hill Reborn. Now I can give you a micro update on this. Oh, great. Kristen and I looked at all of this like fairly recent Silent Hill news and uh, which was super fun. So go check that out just in general because we yeah. talk a lot about Silent Hill over there. But there's this thing called Silent Hill Ascension, which was like a streaming show that people could vote on yeah. to decide if it takes this turn or that turn. And I promised I would try to watch it. Oh, right. You did. I did try to watch it. I hear you. And then it went away after about 20 minutes. What made you turn it off? It was confusing. It was uh, like all like no emotion CGI faces. It's uh, like watching like PlayStation 3 characters try to emote. It was like a catastrophe. <laughs> it wasn't, I mean, listen. No, I, You got to applaud the ambition, but sure. uh, it wasn't for me. I gotcha. But go check that out. That is episode 143 on the Netherworld Dispatch, meaning find a tier that fits you and look at the, the what you get back for those tiers. You mm-hmm. might get a ton of episodes of the Netherworld Dispatch. Top tier, demon tier gets all. That's a new episode every single Monday. Yep. Um, and I've also got another review. And then, well, just to mention, from there, then Banshee gets yeah. every other week. That's true. And then uh, Ghost, Ghost gets one a month. That's like the, the so, original. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. we need to expand it from there. And we also have a zombie tier, which is $1. Just a If buck. you'd like to just join our Discord. And I think that even, I might be wrong. I feel like that gets you Ghost Adventures Adventures, which now lives on the Patreon oh, feed. I don't know. Something like that. Cool. Go go poke around. You'll, yeah. you'll, you'll see. Mm-hmm. Patreon.com slash GTTU pod. Yeah. Get yourself a jump right. scare while you're there. That's the, the cameo yeah. thing. Have yeah. fun. Um, and uh, I've got a review from Jenny Wren 13. Mm. Wonderful. Titled, So Fun. <laughs> so fun. And she says, I love this podcast. I especially like it when Will and Kristen crack each other up. I highly recommend for a light and chill listen. Oh, that's nice. Four stars. Good. Thank good, you very good, good. much. Thank love you. Love the you. idea of bringing a little lightness, a little chill to people. A chill. So that's wonderful. A Thank you. Thank you very much, Jenny. Scary fun. That's what it's all about. So consider leaving us an Apple podcast review or dropping some stars on Spotify. We would also greatly appreciate if you consider sharing the show with some friends. Yes. Help boost the signal. Uh, We would love, love, love that. Um, Some hopefully fun stuff on the horizon Mm -hmm. uh, uh, for us over here and uh, always fun projects in the future. So stay tuned. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And thank you all so much. And if you have leads on um, uh, copywriting jobs or shows or or stuff, uh, quite frankly, get in touch with both of us. Yeah. Honestly, copywriting, most things that are work from home um, and involve writing, yeah. I'd love to talk to you. I would love a part-time something something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah. We got we got people out there, creative folks who are in need of uh, <laughs> we some, certainly do. some support. Yeah. This could be our monster.com. editing. Monster.com. Wait a minute. <laughs> we love Monster. Oh, my God. We got to use the show like Monster.com. How come Monster.com is not all about monsters? That's a shame, right? I think it... I think maybe the logo was a monster at one point. It was, point. Yeah. yeah. It was a job finding site. Right. It is weird. That's ironic. I didn't yeah. really even intend that. Strange. Monsters. <laughs> hey, we record this show live Aww. every Wednesday. And uh, Mike uh, Miller just uh, uh, sent us a $20 super chat. That's really That's nice. That's really, really kind. And 
thank we, you. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, That's thank so you, nice thank of you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you very, very much. Um, you're all wonderful people, and we greatly appreciate you, and we really love doing this show. Yes. So thank you. Thank you for that, Mike. Okay. All right. Jack Hay. Yes. All right. Here we go. So here's what you may know Jack Hay from, if the name isn't ringing a bell. Um, this is before my time, but she was on 227. That's where she really blew up. That was a show in the 80s, I think. Okay. She was on Sister, Sister. Let's do Jack Hay. She, hey. 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 Ho. Hey. I was stopping myself from doing that. I, I can't <laughs> believe you didn't. That's from Sister Act 2. Aw. And, um, of course, Ladybugs where she played Rodney Dangerfield's assistant or like best friend <laughs> assistant to Mr. Dangerfield yeah. ladybugs <laughs> that best, <laughs> best friend just landed yeah, that's great ladybugs is a movie where Rodney Dangerfield is the coach for a girl's soccer team okay because he's like doing a favor for his boss or something yeah and his girlfriend's son is really good at playing soccer so they come up with a scheme to dress him up like a girl and put him on the team amazing it's it's a wild movie okay so this one is this one's kind of like a little sad it's okay. a little a little bummer but it's very interesting something happens in this that i think i can say i have never seen before uh interesting i'm Again, intrigued <laughs> seen or heard of all right so Jack A grew up in the South. Mm -hmm. um, and then her mom, actually, I think it was also North Carolina. I didn't write it down, but if I remember correctly. And then her mom moved to Harlem before her to um, to make some money for the family that she was sending back to North Carolina. And then when I think that went on for a year or two. And then when Jack A was like eight or nine, she brought her to live with her in Harlem. And then they, you know, lived together. And she, Jack A, felt like she was kind of naive having moved from the South. And now she's living in the city. It's like, it, it seems like it would be a super culture shock yeah. environmentally. She said that she was a latchkey kid, which is this phrase from a long time ago, but they don't really talk about it anymore. But like where your parent or parents are working during the day so that when you get home from school, you have your own key to let yourself in and you're just kind of by yourself for a little while until your parent comes home. So um, she just always kind of felt when she got home and her mom wasn't home from work yet that she was sort of being watched and she felt like it was a little bit spooky. Yeah. So one day she got home from school. She let herself in. She got herself a bologna sandwich and a soda, she said. Okay. And then she sat down at the table just eating and humming to herself and just kind of having a cute little kid time. And um, yeah, this reenact it, this reenactment was, it gave me visceral feelings. I, I was like, oh God. Like she Whenever it's kids. Like a, yeah, yeah. Like she's a little sweetie. And what I'm about to tell you, it's it, you'll you'll see why it'd be upsetting. So, um, you know, she's just eating by herself, and all of a sudden, she hears footsteps in her apartment. And so she turned to look, and there was a big man who had let himself into the apartment, a stranger. Ugh. And she said that she was, and this is real. She said that she was totally terrified, and he started coming toward her, and they were just looking at each other, and he's walking toward her, and she said that she was just frozen and trembling and just totally panicked and just shocked and whatever. And then all of a sudden, because remember, she's, she's like turned looking at the guy as he's coming. All of a sudden, she said a figure appeared behind the man, and she said it was a big, wide figure who was kind of just floating 
like what? rather than walking. And she realized that it was her uncle Jimmy who had passed and he was looking at her like, don't worry, I'm going to take care of you. So then the stranger turned around, I guess, seeing that Jack A's eyes are like over his shoulder now and started tussling with the spirit. Oh, my God. Physically fighting with the spirit. So the reenactment is like a glowing blue man fighting with the solid man. What? I've never. Yeah. Is this the thing you've never seen before? I've never seen somebody fight a ghost. Me neither. Like physically fight a ghost. No, I don't think that even happens in ghosts. I don't believe it does. No. Like when Tony Goldwyn is like getting his ass kicked by Patrick Swayze, it's just that Patrick Swayze is like throwing pots at him and stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, this is a ghost figure. Like, that's so weird. With the bad man. That's so weird. It was crazy. Um, so then finally, the stranger ran out of the house, unsurprisingly. Yeah, there was a ghost, a protective ghost in there. Seems terrifying. I'm glad he was terrified. Oh my God, but I'm just yes. saying. Yeah. I would get the hell out of there too. And then soon after that, the figure of Uncle Jimmy disappeared. Okay. At that point, now the spell of her being frozen and just totally terrified is, well, she's still terrified, but she's not in that frozen state anymore. And she said that she just started screaming and screaming she was just like just she was just unleashed basically all that terror that was inside and her mother came home eventually they didn't say how long it took or whatever and jack a told her about showed her the whole thing about the man coming in and about uncle jimmy and she described the figure to her mom and her mom was like oh yes that was uncle jimmy and um, he had, she said he had passed away not long after they had moved up north and that he had been kind of the man of the family and that he okay. was very protective. So that him doing that is kind of in keeping. He was also like a military man. He was like a tough guy sort of dude. Wow. And then she says years later, Jack A found out the story of that man who came in and that um, he was a serial child predator. Ugh. And it wasn't the first time that he had tried to do something like that. And she said that, unfortunately, that part of it is not an uncommon story. But what was uncommon was having that spirit come and save her. Uh, yeah. Say, can say that again. And she said that for years, she still felt like Uncle Jimmy was around watching her. But it was like comforting then. Like yeah. she initially felt a little creeped out in the apartment, remember? But now she felt sort of like... Yeah, just comforted someone, had like her someone back. was there for her. Yeah. And she said, quote, and I thought that was this was kind of a nice description. She said, it's like a cloak that protects you. And she said she feels stronger for it. And even now she looks to her Uncle Jimmy as a spirit guide. That's wonderful. That's yeah. that's a very, I mean, horrifying. I know. How scary. But um, incredibly positive, though. I know. I sweet. Uh, the idea of like Jack K can never be harmed. I know right, because the because cloak of Uncle Jimmy protects. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Like I'm not surprised to hear it. She you, seems like she's doing great. If you turn on TV and people were like trying to throw cans of soup at her, but they're not they're getting just being deflected. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> she's she's impervious to pain. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be amazing. As she should be. She's a national treasure. <laughs> Wonderful. She's one of those people who, when she shows up in anything, I'm like, oh good, Jack Ace here. We're in good hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's just a great presence. Um She's like a cloak to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad you have that. <laughs> Me too. In Jack A. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you pick. Okay, a, what a, you got? A or B. I've got That's hard. I've got you we're only doing one. Okay. okay? 
We're either doing. Can you believe we're already like at the end of the episode? By the I way, I know this flew. This shit flies. Yeah, can we do this again. It's probably because I bitched about how I was week. in a bad mood last week for fifteen no, minutes. But anyway, know. all right. Who who do you want? I got I got Terry Polo. <laughs> <laughs> all right, for Meet the Parents. Okay. Terry All Polo right, that's one. is one of the names when I'm explaining what celebrity <laughs> ghost stories is to people like my friend Greg and CJ I think I told on the show I won't go into the whole thing but like my friends Greg and CJ came over and I, I had to show them celebrity ghost stories and when I was explaining I, said, I think I said there are people who are like Terry Polo yeah. from Meet the Parents yeah. so it's like what? Ben Stiller's wife on yeah. Meet the Parents it's her parents that he's meeting <laughs> by the way that's on netflix now you know how netflix shows you like when it's on a screensaver <laughs> it shows you like things you might like i keep getting meet the parents and meet the fuckers oh my wow <laughs> dynamite it's got my number they don't have little fuckers <laughs> i was thinking the same i was like isn't there another one they don't but have they, the trilogy it never pops up on there so we may just have to do it we may just have to stick with we Terry have Polo. to do without all right do you want to know who was behind door number two who you're yes, not I getting do. this yes. time yes. you're not getting this okay. remember we're doing terry polo now do you want have... to know who's behind door number two? Yes, I have to. Feruza Balk. Do you want to change your mind? Or do you want to stay no, with I Terry Polo? I will stick. All right. Terry yeah. Polo, you've Thank been you. chosen. Feruza Balk may be another day. Mm-hmm. All right? I know. She was another one of the thumbnails, and I was very curious about what she had to say. I've got it all written right here, but you're not allowed to see it. <laughs> keep it keep it secret. Keep it safe. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about Terry Polo. Okay. Now, ironically, Terry Polo got bumped from one of the last times we did <laughs> celebrity ghost stories. I had her waiting in the wings. Oh, good, perfect. So finally, Terry Polo gets, gets her, her time moment. to shine. All right. You know, she did have success after Meet the Parents and everything because she was on a show I think called The Fosters that there were always commercials for during Pretty Little Liars. Oh. It was like another uh, ABC Family show. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, It seemed to run for a long time. Oddly, I see a connection between this and the Jack Hay story Hmm. you just read. Mm -hmm. So it opens with Terry Polo. Quote, Terry Polo. I think we humans have abilities to see and hear and connect. Title card. Long before actress Terry Polo starred in the hit comedy Meet the Parents, a tearing encou- a terrifying encounter with a Terry encounter, a Terry Polo encounter. <laughs> it was. A terrifying encounter with a spirit would stay with her for the rest of her life. Okay. So Terry Polo explains that she, her mother, and even her grandmother have psychic abilities. Whoa. Yeah, it's a family. Strong. It's a family business. Not many of these people claim to have psychic abilities, like right at the gate. So that's sweet. Um, hold on, I'm I'm sensing something. What? Hold uh, on, I'm feeling something. A reality show about the Polo family. Meet the Polos. Meet the Polos. <laughs> <laughs> was that what you were gonna say? No, I was oh. just I was just gonna say a generational reality show about three generations of psychic. Yeah. But Meet the Polos is the great name for it. You yeah, got it. Yeah, this is perfect. <clears throat> so. She says, this ability has been passed down amongst the girls of our family. This story takes place when she was eight years old at a birthday party for her parents' friend. Hmm. The reenactment is very odd. Okay. So, young Terry Polo, eight years old, is at this adult birthday party. Mm -hmm. And it appears that she's- Boring. Boring. It seems like she's the only child there. Oh, that sucks. She is wearing like a nice dress- but she's just sitting in a chair like by uh-huh. herself and all the adults are standing and mingling and ignoring her entirely. Ah, oh, poor Terry Polo. And she explains in this reenactment, she says like, I, I don't understand. All the adults are just doing all this other stuff and ignoring me. None of them are paying attention to what I'm paying attention to because in my head, 
I'm staring at this door and I don't know it yet, but behind the door are stairs. Mm -hmm. And in the reenactment, they show the door and it looks like a pantry door. Uh -huh. It's weird. She's like, and, in, and I just keep thinking, here he comes. Oh, God. Here he comes. And the door what opens. What a serious disjointed thought to have. Such a spooky thing. So the door opens and she says, this man appeared at the bottom of the stairs. There's a guy. Mm -hmm. Walks into the room. Everyone starts cheering. It's the birthday boy. Okay. And uh, she says that she is taken aback and mesmerized by this person. That uh -huh. everyone's like clapping on the back and... She can't stop staring at him. Hottie? Can't. No. She's like, I, it wasn't an attraction. I was eight. Uh-huh. Oh, But she's like, I can't stop staring at this guy. Mm -hmm. uh, and in the reenactment, young Terry Polo is sitting in a chair <laughs> at this birthday party. And this adult man is like shaking hands and stuff. And then. Cut to her. It's like. Yeah. <laughs> and then he occasionally looks over and he's like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, why are you staring at in me? In the reenactment, he's like. It's this child just staring at me without blinking right. or looking away. Yeah. So <clears throat> she uh, she remembers for the rest of the night, all she remembers is just staring at the man. She says, quote, no words to say why I was so drawn to this person. <laughs> Weird. And uh, the man even at some point walks over and like tries to talk mm. to her. And she's like, but I was just so taken aback by his presence. I didn't say anything. So in, from this man's perspective, it's his birthday. He must have been spooked. <clears throat> Weirdest birthday ever. Yeah. He shows up and it's like the bad seed is sitting in the corner yeah, lock, locking eyes with him. daggers at him. And he even tries to go like, are you okay? And she won't talk to him and stuff. But I almost thought like it's so intense and weird. Yeah. I thought they were going to reveal that this man was like Ted Bundy. Yeah, totally. Or something like that. Yeah. That is not where it goes. The, huh. it, it's so, okay. Does he die? Well, hold on. Okay. That night, that same night, they're back home. She goes upstairs to bed. She's lying in bed now in the reenactment. Eight-year-old girl in bed with the lights off. And she rolls over and he's standing in her room beside her bed. He's just staring at her. And now again in the reenactment, they're just locking eyes. Uh -huh. It's like the birthday party all over again. Yeah. Neither one of them says a word. Uh -huh. <clears throat> they're just staring at each other in silence in the dark. She says, there's no doubt, no doubt in my mind that he was standing beside my bed, that that was him in my room. And okay. then the man standing beside her bed tips over. It's as if he literally just falls flat on his face. But this man, this grown man, falls face down onto young Terry Polo's bed across her legs. Almost like when like a penguin does that penguin slide, they just totally flop forward. Yeah. He flops onto her bed, standing rigidly. Is he corporeal? Like he's got rigor mortis. This he is just the, tips this is over. the human person who's doing this? No. Okay, gotcha. Okay. No. So uh, she calls for her mom, and by the time her mom gets there, the man is gone. Mm -hmm. And just like uh, Carrie always before her, you had a dream, honey. <laughs> I'm sure you had a dream, mm -hmm. right? Uh, but she says, no, no, he was there. He was standing there and he fell. She says that she knows she was awake, mm. not a dream. And she even talks about how she can still feel the, the impact of him hitting the bed and like the springs recoiling. Like she can sense it all. She, it's very, mm -hmm. it's very much a, a real memory it's in there to her. Uh, now of course she then finds out that the man had suddenly died of cancer. Oh. What's not clear is when. 
Because uh-huh. I don't know if it's like she wakes up in the morning and they find out the guy died after the party. Right. That would be surprising. Right. Right. Maybe this going to bed story is like a while after. She says it was that night. But like. Right. Yeah. Maybe she saw an image of this guy and he still had weeks to go or who knows. I don't know. Mm, oh, okay. But uh, here's here's the rationalizing here, which is interesting. She says, it was as if this man had come to me and said, I'm dying. That was him showing. Or telling. Uh-huh. I'm like, no, way more showing. Certainly. <clears throat> yeah. No words at all. You didn't tell. And I, I thought it was so fascinating and creepy and weird that like a ghost or whatever he is. Yeah. Is like, uh, why is he trying to communicate this here? Right. But the best he can do is just show that he's going to fall. Yeah. Like a symbolic death. I know. It's not like it's he's showing her something that can prevent. I'm going down. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. And they put a card on the screen, mm-hmm. which I haven't seen them do all the time, like in the middle of a, a celebrity telling their story. Mm-hmm. It says, many paranormal experts believe that shortly before an untimely death, some individuals experience astral projection. Hmm. Traveling outside. I haven't heard that. I haven't heard that either. Traveling outside of one's physical body and into the spirit realm oh. to deliver an important message. Wow. Not that it accomplished much. No, Just certainly not. Traumatized it's, Terry Polo. Seriously. Um, she says, quote, because of this interesting connection that we had, which was her staring at him at his birthday party. <laughs> it's an interesting connection. That part of him, his soul, his spirit, what have you, came to the most willing to hear, willing to see. Hmm. The most open vessel that he sensed was around. Huh. Which that made me think of like literally the movie the sixth sense yeah where it's like the ghosts seem to know that Haley joel osmond can see them right they're right. always there so you don't necessarily have like a connection to them but like if you're looking for somebody to communicate with and most people can't you're going to go to the first one to everyone's say. ignoring me except yeah. for this kid who can see me right it's like of course i'm going to go to them yeah but whatever crazy thing is going on in the extrasensory world or the spirit world or whatever he can't verbally talk. Maybe it took all of his yeah. energy just to appear. Right, right. And all he can do is signal, I'm going to die. And that How was him strange. falling over onto her legs while she's in bed. Come can you on. just picture that lying down in bed and then somebody flopping onto you? Seeing somebody sitting next to you and then that person just topples Flops. onto you. No, no thank you. So Terry Polo says she felt sorry for him and sad for him. And that maybe he was trying to create an impression on someone to remember him. Create an impression on her legs. Yeah. She says, I can still see him. I can still feel him fall on the bed. Oh, man. Terry Polo. Terry Polo, everybody. Yeah, Terry Polo, everybody. Let's Woo! give it up. That's a wrap on Terry Polo, <laughs> on Jack Kay, on Carrie Elways. And, and on Shelly Long. And Shelly Long. Yeah. That's a wrap, everybody. Woo! What a, what a, it's crazy. <laughs> Just crazy. I know. <clears throat> what a great show. I, I Which one? The, their show or ours? So I, I love that. I meant theirs, but it was like time travel, man. Too. That was yeah, like a yeah, yeah. like a rush. Yeah. Yeah. Kick ass. Totally kick ass. Well, awesome, everybody. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We really hope you enjoyed that. Like we said before, you can go to patreon.com slash gttupod to check out a whole ton of extra stuff that we have out there. Yep, yep, yep. Um, you can follow us on social media at gttupod. You can follow us individually as well. I am at Chillin' Kristen. I am at The Myth Traveler. So we'll be back next week for more weird, spooky shenanigans. Yeah. But until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld, go we.
astral projecting. <laughs> terrifying children. <laughs> My God. All over the world. All over the globe. Yikes. What a nightmare. There's got to be a better way to get your point across. Mm, that was it. Apparently. <laughs>